Hello, I'm Ryan Boll, a Middle East and North Africa analyst at Stratfor, a rain company. This podcast is brought to you by Stratfor Worldview, rain's premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Special subscription rates for podcast listeners can be found at stratfor.com slash podcast offer. Welcome to the Essential Geopolitics podcast from Stratfor, a rain company. I'm Emily Donahue. The president of Georgia visited Brussels in January, meeting with European and NATO officials to discuss progress on Georgia's inclusion in both organizations. Georgia sits at a crossroads, both physically and metaphorically, at the pivot point between three historic empires, Russia, Iran, and Turkey. It's increasingly drawing attention from the more distant Europe, the United States, and China as it pursues a quest to become a more integrated member of Europe, something that Russia has long sought to resist. In this podcast, Stratfor Senior Vice President of Strategic Analysis, Roger Baker, speaks with Georgia's president during her visit. Let's listen in. Well, uh, thank you for joining us, President uh, Zarabishvili. Hello. Um, thank you. In your visit to Europe, you've obviously discussed uh, the prospects for further Georgian integration into the European Union and into NATO. Uh, clearly on the latter issue, uh, territorial integrity uh, since 2008 has played a constraining role. Some workarounds have been proposed. What steps does Georgia propose to understand concerns of some NATO members that the inclusion of Georgia would immediately put NATO in confrontation or possible conflict with Russia? Well, I think that uh, there was a very clear answer given to that by uh, Anthony Blinken, if I've uh, heard well uh, its testimony to Congress, uh, uh, that uh, it's not the enlargement of NATO that creates the risks of confrontation uh, with Russia. Uh, and uh, we should not be deterred by the threats of confrontation with Russia, because in reality, the experience of NATO, and that's my personal experience too, is that enlargement, uh, although during the previous uh, phases of the enlargement, there is always a lot of noise on the Russian part. Uh, once the enlargement happens, uh, Russia is uh, is taking uh, stock of the, of the situation. So we should, and that certainly uh, is the position of Georgia, that we shouldn't be deterred, and Georgia has not been uh, deterred uh, from its path towards uh, European and Euro-Atlantic integration uh, by Russia, which has done everything it could already uh, to uh, try to deter and divert Georgia from this path. Uh, so I think that our answer is we know what is our perspective, our path, the direction in which we want to go. Uh, and we go in that direction. We do everything we can uh, not uh, to create a non-necessary confrontation on our side, either in rhetorics or otherwise. Uh, but what is our uh, main objectives is something that is not for negotiation. Well, when we look at how Russia has acted to European or, or NATO expansion, Russia seems to have evolved a policy of negative control around its periphery, you know, using economic, political, military influence to dissuade for, yeah. or deter further moves for, for NATO integration. Yes, but it does not work on Georgia. Uh, practically today, uh, Russia has very little uh, 
uh, economic uh, negative leverage possible on, on Georgia, has used uh, all its uh, military and uh, the occupation of two of our uh, territories, and that has not deterred. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Uh, that the big success of Georgia and the big failure of, of Russia uh, is that whatever it has tried to do to stop Georgia uh, from uh, going down this uh, this path that uh, has not mattered uh, as much as our determination to go forward. But the determination hasn't led to inclusion yet. Not um, yet. What, not what, yet. What, but the progress what is. What are the constraints? Why, why is Europe or why is the United States not uh, accelerating this process? We the, first of all, it has accelerated, uh, especially uh, if we take European Union. Uh, I remember very, very well when uh, I was uh, foreign minister of Georgia. Uh, even the integration in the neighborhood policy uh, was in question, and people were thinking that that would not be possible. And we have moved from uh, neighborhood policy to uh, partnership, to association agreement, uh, and to a very close path to integration. So all of these are steps and phases towards integration. It's not black and white. One day you're in, one day you're out. Uh, we are in incredibly closer and much closer than anybody would have thought possible for a country located where we are in the region where we are. And the same is true with NATO. Uh, who would have thought that on the territory of Georgia we would have military exercises of NATO, uh, that Georgia would be present uh, in the NATO missions in Afghanistan, uh, that we would have uh, port calls from uh, many of the NATO members uh, in the Black Sea Georgian ports, uh, all of that is an incredible progress if we look at it in uh, historical terms. Now, it's clear that it's a more difficult process for uh, Georgia uh, than a foreign country that are in the continental part of, uh, of Europe and where it looks more natural. Uh, but if we look uh, at this situation, uh, I think that we can be very optimistic because the progress uh, has been steady. Uh, and has been by major steps forward. So I'm quite optimistic, uh, and I'm even uh, more optimistic uh, now with the new uh, U.S. administration uh, and its uh, relations with uh, uh, strengthening ties uh, with uh, allied partners, and we hope for more presence of the new U.S. administration in the Black Sea and in uh, the Caucasus. Well, speaking of the new U.S. administration, um do you, you know, you say you hope for a greater presence. Do you anticipate a greater presence or a greater willingness of this administration uh, to act, for example, in the Black Sea region to be able to assert uh, U.S. and European interests and to be able to challenge perceptions of Russia as a, as a revisionist power or as an aggressive power? Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't use terms as challenging, but I think that the presence and it's the same message to the European Union that we are carrying here uh, is that uh, we need to have a steady presence, steady presence in the Black Sea. And there is a lot of interest on the part of the EU for all the projects of uh, increased connectivity, direct transport over the Black Sea. Uh, all the energy links, uh, and that has to be sustained uh, by more NATO presence as well as uh, U.S. presence. Uh, and I think that we all uh, gain if we do not present uh, all of that in a zero-sum game uh, approach. 
uh, and that we all have to do what is in our interests, uh, but not necessarily in a confrontational way. That's what I would, uh, the message I would uh, bring to, to Washington as soon as it will be uh, possible to have the first contacts. If we look internationally, there is an undercurrent of anti-globalism and an emerging rejection of U.S. and European-style liberal norms and standards in many parts of the world, not everywhere. Do you think that this is going to impact Georgia's continued drive towards integration with Western Europe? It has not done so until now. There is no sign uh, of any weakening of the not only the determination of the authorities, because our uh, direction and determination is very firm. But what is more important, I would say, uh, is the determination of the uh, Georgian public opinion. Uh, and that's a matter for uh, complete consensus on all sides of the political spectrum. And uh, often uh, I tell the European partners that we are one of the last uh, Euro enthusiasts <laughs> and that maybe they need us more than they think. We've been in some discussions with uh, Sokomi University on the challenges of the Caucasus region uh, as it sits at the intersection of three historical empires, the Russians, the Persian Iranians, the Ottoman Turks. It has interest of three large outside powers, the Europeans, the United States, uh, and the Chinese now. Mm -hmm. With the recent flare-ups in Azerbaijan and Armenia and the more active role of Turkey in the region, do you see the geopolitics shifting around the Caucasus? Is the Caucasus becoming a more important focal point of the world as it sits at these crossroads? Uh, I think it has been maybe passively, but it has always been an important crossroads. Uh, and what you're describing as the empires that are uh, more active and interested uh, in this region, that is our uh, historical legacy. We've been used to that, and uh, Georgia has been the one Caucasian state uh, on the on in a continuous manner because Armenia was and was not at different times, uh, Azerbaijan was not completely a Caucasian state until later period. So Georgia has lived with that over centuries and centuries. So we are very used to the fact that, that at different times, different empires uh, had different interests, but there was no time. Uh, practically, when there was no interest from the neighboring uh, big empires uh, for this region. So I think that we are reconciled with this destiny, which is both uh, a very uh, big plus, uh, and of course, it also uh, is a, a source for uh, difficulties and uh, and conflicts, but it's a very big plus. And I think that what we are seeing now in the discussions, especially with the, the European Union, is that gradually uh, there is a recognition that these crossroads is important. You know, for a long time the Black Sea was seen as a as a black horizon. We don't know what's happening beyond that. Uh, and now there is a sense that the Black Sea could be. Uh, a sea of connection uh, where we need increased security, certainly, to make these connections uh, happen, uh, and an important uh, path uh, towards Central Asia and uh, and China. So, of course, that doesn't happen uh, easily, and uh, it entails many problems, difficulties, and different interests that are also crossing each other. Uh, but that, I think, is the uh, appeal of that region. Uh, and the one we have to live with. Along that line, the, the Chinese Belt and Road Initiative, of course, spreads through uh, the region. Given the changing dynamics of U.S.-Chinese relations, the rising tension, and even some of the European 
reassessment of their economic uh, ties with China. Does this become a potential challenging point as Georgia tries to, again, manage relations with the United States, with the Europeans, uh, and with that growing Chinese investment and interest? Yeah, uh, that's uh, an issue where we have to be careful and we have to balance everything. What is more at one time uh, more important? And of course, for us, it's uh, the preservation of our partners. They are not yet allies in the pure sense, but they are our strategic partners. So that will also always be the, the priority. At the same time, we have to make some space for the different interests of big uh, nations and especially one as China, but always uh, having uh, in mind uh, to take into account the strategic concerns so that it doesn't affect our other interests. So we have signed a memorandum on the uh, G5 issue because we know that that's very important uh, for American partners. Uh, but at the same time, if there are some commercial interests uh, of China, it's not that we are closed uh, for China. So it's really a balancing act. Uh, and again, as I've said, we had that, uh, for instance, in a previous period, uh, in 2004, I remember when I was a, a minister, uh, we, uh, that was a period of sanctions with Iran. Uh, and at the same time, we managed to explain to American partners that we would preserve all the major strategic interests, but there was also a historical situation in which Iran was a neighbor that we could not completely ignore. Uh, and that was well accepted uh, by both sides, uh, our uh, very specific, special uh, position. So I think that uh, our traditions to, to try to understand and make understand our close partners, that we are in a specific region uh, that needs uh, some uh, balancing. Otherwise, we won't, uh, we wouldn't have come until now. As you note, Georgia has, a, you know, is a, is a long-standing and relatively stable uh, country within the the caucus context, and obviously there's an interest in looking west at Europe. What role does Georgia play, or should Georgia play, in uh, Armenia and Azerbaijan, and in the the conflict and confrontation there? Uh, well, uh, at the beginning of the of the conflict, uh, I personally uh, offered the, the idea of a platform uh, in Georgia for for trying to uh, push the the idea of uh, discussions, at least when when the conflict uh, had erupted. Uh, clearly, we are not today in a position to play the old role of Georgia in the region, which was one of uh, mediation and being the central uh, power in that uh, in that region. Uh, but we are still the one country where everybody can meet. And that has been the case over the years, uh, where most of the of our partners choose to have a, a foothold in Georgia because that's where they can bring uh, the others, uh, the, the other partners of the of the Caucasus. So Tbilisi is still the place uh, that where everybody can come and uh, where, for instance, there could be a meeting of the Minsk group, uh, and allow for uh, the two neighbors to be present where that would be difficult in either other location. Uh, so for that reason, I think that we are offering uh, that, but uh, for that we need uh, a more direct uh, European uh, presence and uh, activity, uh, especially through the, the means group to uh, reactivate, because we are now moving from the ceasefire is just one stage uh, in uh, solving the issue and recovering uh, full stability. Uh, so we need a process. And in that process, uh, 
uh, I think that the EU uh, has to play uh, an important role, including supporting maybe the uh, through uh, economy and through investments, uh, supporting the the peace process. As the world looks towards um, energy transition and moving away from hydrocarbons, clearly that could have implications in and around uh, uh, Georgia as a region, given the the many of the countries uh, not too far from Georgia are fairly dependent upon hydrocarbons for their economies. Do you see 10 or 20 years down the road uh, new challenges emerging for Georgia? Well, we are not, as you know, a producer of hydrocarbons. We are just the transit place. Uh, our resources are more hydroelectricity, which is a, a more preserved form of, uh, of energy, which certainly in the long run will continue to be one of the uh, important sources of, uh, of energy, especially in the region and for our neighbors. Uh, and we also, but very gradually, uh, moving to uh, new sources, uh, alternative sources of uh, of energy, uh, and that's something that uh, should be of interest also for the for the region. Uh, that also depends, of course, on the support of our partners on new investments. Uh, but these are directions that we are certainly looking at. Right. President Zarabashvili, one final question then. What would you say uh, as uh, people in Europe, people in the United States are looking at Georgia, what would you say is the the way they should uh, rethink about uh, Georgia and its potential role going forward? Keep Georgia on their mind <laughs> at any stage and in any direction. I think that's important. I mean, we are a small country, a very flexible one and one that is uh, very steady in its uh, determination at the same time. There are many things that can be tested in Georgia and in this region that is a region for the future. So don't forget Georgia. Well, thank you for your time, President Zorovashvili. Uh, uh, I really appreciate this conversation. Thank you very much. Roger Baker is Stratfor's Senior Vice President of Strategic Analysis. You can read more about the strategic opportunities for Georgia and the geopolitics of being caught between major empires by signing up for our free newsletter. You can sign up at worldview.stratfor.com. That's worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.